This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. One of these days, I will master the ability to complete a sentence. Scott Owen. Right, what would I know? I'm just the weekend host around here. And Adam Pace. Look, I think of what other choice you have. Starting now. Well, it's back under a new name and back in kind of a new format. And all it means is the formerly known as FFA Cup and Australia Cup is back for season 2022. And that means it's time for the season premiere of the Brisbane Football Review. We know you missed us. Well, we hope that you missed us. If you didn't, well, see how we go. It's James Scott and Adam here with you for another year of Brisbane Raw and local football action as the local sides take on the best that the A-League has to offer and Western Sydney. Oh, no, wait, they're not even in it. Adam, how are you going? I'm good. How, how are you both? Uh, and it's going to be back on the flagship. Yes, and Scott, um, you know that the Wanderers aren't in the Australia Cup round of 32, right? I was aware of that. They have tried to win the off-season again, though, but they won't be playing in the Cup. Yes, well, as long as um, other people who might be in... Uh, Certain influential positions are aware which teams are in the Australia Cup on the games that might be commentated on. Uh, we'll be all good. Anyway. Pre-season is tough, though. It's long, long pre-season. It is, but for us... You put us through an arduous routine for this game, for this podcast, I should say. Yes, I know. I've had you talking non-stop for the last six months about NPL. <laughs> and we're having fun doing it. Yes, yes, we are. We all are. And if you are tuning in for the first time, welcome to the Brisbane Football Review. We are three people with far too much time on our hands, and uh, we put that time to good use by paying a lot of attention to the local competition up here as well as the A-League. So, before we get uh, into it, we may as well do our usual plugs. If you want to get in touch with us, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com, Twitter at bnefootball, Instagram, brisbanefootballreview, I think. Uh, Only a few months old. Yes, okay, excellent. I did get that. All right. all you can tell we use it a lot, can't you? Yes, okay. And uh, yeah, we're also on uh, Facebook, The Raw Review, and Twitter, BNE Football, Instagram, and our podcast is available on several wonderful podcast platforms. And uh, yeah, we'll be here for the next several months, right up to the A League Grand Final, we hope. But as is the tradition for most of the last six or seven years, we will open up the season focusing on the Cup competition, which. I don't know about you two. Um, we'll start off with you, Scott. But it really has been the best thing going on in Australian football lately, hasn't it? It has. It's been some of the most fun that we've had covering football in the last five, six years as well. I think about some of the great games we've had up here in Queensland, the run that the Brisbane Strikers had, the Raw playing local sides last year, and, of course, go back a few years, Redlands United, their great win over the then A-League champions. It's produced a number of great moments and hopefully a couple more in the next few weeks. Yes. Yes, it does. And, uh, Adam... We've all had some uh, fun memories. I uh, distinctly remember that wet night where the strikers knocked off Wellington on penalties at uh, Parc de Paris. Oh yeah, we've, uh, there's some great cut nights, and uh, look, we look forward to, to more. And I think the great thing about the cup as well is not it's not just the same, other than the A League clubs. Uh, it's not the same old old you know teams. There's some plenty of new clubs that, uh, that you know we either haven't seen before in these parts or you know are, are there for the first time, including in our own backyard. So uh, it, it's actually good to see the likes of you know a Brisbane City or a, or a Logan Lightning you know having a go at cup at the cup. It is in Brisbane City. I think they may have had arguably the most eventful uh, qualification path as well, right up until that uh, final stage where they knocked off Lions. Not long. I think that was a same week that they got beaten 7-0 72 hours later 
there we go. So it is amazing how uh, much things can change. And Logan as well, they knocked off Olympic in uh, round six while Magpies Crusaders got their own little bit of revenge on uh, Edge Hill in their final qualifier. Uh, I think it was 5-0 in the end, Scott? But yes, it was. A very good win in the end for Magpies, exercising the demons of the round seven the previous year where Edge Hill knocked off Magpies to qualify for the first time for them. So a bit of revenge for, for the Magpies. Yes, that's right. And also... Uh, there is the uh, Powerhouse Club, and that is no pun intended. Peninsula Power, the several times defending champions of the National Premier Leagues in Queensland, who, well, they looked pretty damn good all throughout qualifying as well. I kind of think their season really, you know, for me, I began to take notice of them uh, with that big win over Gold Coast Knights on that freezing and windy uh, 1st of June up at uh, AJ Kelly Park, and that had nothing to do with the fact that I was commentating that game. Yeah, and we apologise for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I've ha- I, I do remember one shocking co-commentator I had on a Lions Olympic game uh, earlier. He was terrible, that guy. <laughs> he never got invited back, and for good reason. <laughs> yes. But either way, there's a lot to look forward to. We will um, run through some of the changes we've got for the uh, Australia Cup, starting with the name, and I believe it's a new trophy as well. But also, what we've been asking for for so long, it's a fully open draw. And that means there's no manufacturing things to make sure that an NPL side reaches the semi-final. If a side lower than NPL reaches the semi-final, even possibly, it is fully open. And I've really enjoyed that, as well as the uh, introduction over the last couple of years of the lower league, uh, lower A-League playoffs as well, which the Raw had to go through this year, Scott. Yeah, well, firstly, it's a new, new slash old trophy, because it is the old original Australia Cup trophy that they have brought back so that's a wonderful nod to the past there but you're right the change to have a completely open draw it's something that everyone has been calling for for a long time now it's great that they've finally been able to achieve that I think they probably planned on doing it last year didn't they James but obviously certain health related reasons meant they had to start off in zones so they had to get put on the backbone but we've got it now and it is great that it's now a fully open draw and may the best team win Yep, and that is really what it will be as well as my dog decides to uh, chime in as well. I think she's in favour of the open draw, Adam. Making a prediction, I think, is Trixie there. <laughs> what's, her, what's her tip? Uh, all, every Queensland side to win in uh, the round of 32. Ooh, that's a big, that's a, that's like a bold prediction, that one. But uh, yeah, look, uh, the open draw, I think it's a, um, it's a good thing. And I think at the end of the day, uh, it, it didn't throw up. Like um, too many sort of predictable uh, matchups. Like I said, you had NPL Victoria teams going up to going up to uh, Darwin, where in the past it's, it was it seemed to be the uh, haven of the A League clubs and Sydney and, FC. Yeah, ba- basically, and uh, and yeah, like I said, there's been some interesting matchups been thrown up, and uh, even even the matchups that we'll preview t- uh, on tonight's show, I think that they are very very intriguing. Yeah, it definitely will be in. You know, it, we do still have a few all A League matchups as there were when it was the manufactured draw. I think is uh, the delicate way to put that one. Um, when uh, we've got the reigning Cup champions taking on the reigning A League champions as well, with Western United taking on Melbourne Victory. Which look, I, I know we're going to get that matchup three times this season um, coming up in October. But in terms of marquee fixtures, that's a pretty good. Thing that the draw is thrown up as well because it also means that that's one fewer A-League side that we'll see in the round of 16 and that's what we want in this competition isn't it Scott? I'm terribly excited by that fixture James I can't wait but in all seriousness you are right the league winner against the uh, cup win from the year before it's almost like a um, 
the Super Cup, although it's not going to be called that. But the idea, everyone wants to have a Super Cup of the A-League champions against the Cup winners as the traditional start of the year. We've kind of got that here now, so it is a very good early season fixture, but there's some, also some really good historic football clubs from the second division who are getting, making their first or second appearance, who are playing against clubs who they played against a lot in the past and renewing some of those rivalries as well. And it's funny you mentioned the phrase second division, Scott, because we've talked about this uh, over the last few months, but it really does feel like there are some sides, including those in the Sunshine State, that are going to be using this as maybe a platform for the soon-to-be-announced uh, National Second Division. Or, or whatever it's going to be called. Uh, National Second League, NSL for short is my pick. <laughs> yeah. You obviously missed that poll by uh, A-League Central, whoever it was that... Uh, that uh, was uh, was running it, but oh, MPL Central. Sorry, yeah, that was the uh, Twitter handle. But uh, yeah, look, it, it is it is going to be um, a a very very interesting sort of time as well. That you know, obviously this time of year in cup football, that yeah, you know, the the side what we've said we've termed you know, national second division aspirants are really going to show. Um, so those who are in the cup, I should say, uh, really to get their time on on the national stage, especially if they go deep into this competition. And uh, as you said, there's a, I believe there's at least two uh, all A League fixtures, which means it's two two ch- more chances that you know a member federation club has of advancing beyond uh, you know the the round of the round of uh, sixteen. There's three all A League clashes actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. miss one. Newcastle, Adelaide, Sydney, Central Coast are the other two. Oh, yeah, I've got that that one. I can understand why you didn't consider Sydney an A-League club. No, <laughs> they're not real important, are they? <laughs> yes, well, let's get into these uh, specific matches, and we will start off with the game that we will be at uh, tomorrow night as we're recording. Today, as you're probably listening to it, or maybe yesterday, if you're really dedicated. Um, it is Brisbane City against, and stop giggling at home if you're reading the fixture, it is Coburn uh, City out of uh, Western Australia. And Scott... You had a chance to catch up with uh, Matt Smith before this match, so let's hear what he had to say. Okay, we're joined on the on the Australia Cup preview by the coach of Brisbane City, Matt Smith. Matt, thanks for talking to us once again. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for having us. Uh, the round of 30 is on the horizon now. How's the excitement building around the group? Yeah, excellent. Obviously, we you know we come off the back of a of a good one on Sunday, so the boys are on pretty good spirits following following the the, the, the tough trip up to Wanderers. Um, obviously, round of 32, there's lots of excitement that's been building up the last couple of weeks since the draw. So, um, yeah, back to the training ground tonight, the final bit of prep, and uh, yeah, looking forward to playing at Perry Park tomorrow. Uh, absolutely looking forward to big prep at Perry Park on Thursday. Um, it's a first off of Brisbane City back on the national stage in a while. How big an occasion is this for the football club? Yeah, obviously, you know, the club's 70 years old, its history and its heritage is. It, it, it's, you know, a very significant part of the club. It, its history is, it, is extremely vast in, in, in the scope of Australian football. So to be um, to, you know, to be playing in a national tournament, um, you know, the benefit of the Australian Cup, it does give a platform for MPL clubs to be able to get themselves back onto the national stage. And, and obviously, you know, as we you know, try and continue our football department the club over, over the next few years. Absolutely. I mean, it would be nice to play at Spencer Park, I imagine, but Perry Park's not too far from your spiritual home. No, no. It's just, obviously we're we're two inner city clubs in Brisbane, so um, uh, but we've you know we, we've got um, our, our, club, our club is closing down for the game. There'll, there'll be a massive sea of blue in there. I'm sure that lots of people from the general football public will, will, will come and have a look. It's really exciting to play against a team outside of Queensland. I think that that's another spark for our club too. Is is that you know, there's lots of people in the football community are intrigued into 
you know, the players, the coaches, the style from, from, from other states. Absolutely. Hopefully be a massive crowd out there at Perry Park. Um, I mean, you've played in this competition before for the Brisbane Roar, obviously, a few years ago. What are your memories of playing in this competition and, and how much are you looking forward to returning to this level as a coach? Yeah, no, I obviously played, played, played in it for um, Brisbane Roar and it was quite unique because I actually played against my cousin who was playing at Sterling Lions, uh, a team from Perth then. So we, we obviously flew, flew, flew across and was on the other kind of side of the tie. Um, you know, we, we managed to, to get through that one and then we lost against Adelaide, I think, in the, I'm not too sure what, what round it was, but um, great experiences. I think it's a, you know, a fantastic event that, that Football Australia have, have put in place with the Australia Cup. It means that you know grassroots level all the way through to the top is is linked. Um, you know, there's always you hear lots of FA Cup stories from England and, and the rest around Europe around you know the the spirit of the cup and, and also the magic of the cup because there's you know there's one off games anything can happen. So it's um, an opportunity for for, for for all participants to really get get behind football. Absolutely, you mentioned you've played in the, in the Australia Cup before. So just Daniel Bowles for the Raw. It's also got that Fraser Hills and Roman Hoffman. For- yeah, absolutely. Um, again, go, going back to the to the to the group, they're, they're very much excited. Some have had some really good experiences. Obviously, Fraser's um, picked up the Mike Crocker Award um, in previous years. Um, Hoffy's had some good experiences with with Gold Coast Knights. Um, you know, we have Daniel Bowles, obviously, that's played at the highest level as well. That um, you know, these sorts of games you know don't come around too often, so we're very much looking forward to them. Absolutely, you mentioned we're playing Coburn City aside mid-table in the MPL Western Australia. How much do you know about them? Have you seen too much of their footage? Yeah, yeah, we've um, obviously, you know, as, as preparation unfolds, we've been able to um, watch games and, and there's, there's lots of information online now. But, um, yeah, we have we have some, some good footage of them. So, look, they, they have some very good players. I think mid-table in um, WA doesn't really mean too much to us. Um, again, uh, if they're at the top of the table or bottom of the table, it doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a one-off cup game and anything can happen so we're, we're trying to um, work for all scenarios so you mentioned earlier you decided in a really good strong run of form that must be giving a real big sense of confidence around the group yeah look I mean the, 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 the season's unfolded the way that it has you know we, we never look at we never look for excuses or reasons the, the table doesn't lie um, if you look at the last um, you know several games you know, we, we've been building some good performances and, and hopefully we'll have a good back end of the season and and again, um, taking one game at a time, you know, we, we focused on Wanderers on Sunday and now Coburn tomorrow night, which is Wednesday. I see, is that the focus on this week? You've only got the big game against Logan at the weekend, but is this, this cup game the focus this week? Yeah, well, it's, it's, the, it's the focus for today, it's the focus for tomorrow. As soon as kickoff um, starts tomorrow, as soon as the final whistle goes, we then turn attention to Logan. So um, I, I don't look too far ahead. Uh, I, I, I think it's impossible to plan too far ahead because football changes very, very quickly. So, yeah, as much as you can plan, as much as we do plan, um, I'm fully aware that things change very quickly. So, um, at the moment, all, all of our focus goes to being Coburn um, tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thanks very much for your time, Matt, and best of luck in that match against Coburn in, on, in midweek. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. And big thanks to Matt Smith for his time there and what is going to be a very busy uh, week, I'm sure, for him. As Scott... What were your uh, overall impressions on uh, Brisbane City heading into this game? Well, they've got a lot of um, cup experience, don't they? Obviously, Matt Smith, as you said in the interview there, played for the Brisbane Roar in their first Australia Cup tie. Daniel Bowles also played in that campaign. But they've also got Fraser Hills, who was the Mike Cockrell medalist in 2019 for that great Brisbane strikers team that made the run right through to the semi-finals. They've also got Roman Hoffman, who was an ever-present for Grey Piddick's um, 
Palm Beach, Gold Coast City, Gold Coast Knights side, which went deep a couple of times. Also, they've got a lot of a lot of cup experience in that side, James. I, th I think we'll we'll stand them in really good stead for this game tomorrow night, tonight, t yesterday, depending on when you're listening. Yeah, look, I think uh, City obviously they've had their struggles in the league, but sort of on paper and from what we've seen, they they play a brand of football which I think is very very exciting. I think uh, the the round seven win over Lions. I think that obviously that's sort of the high watermark of their season so far. And look, I've got to believe that they bring that to uh, to uh, Parc de Paris tomorrow night or tonight or wherever, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, obviously, um, yeah, it, I, th I think they, I think they might they might be too much for uh, Coburn C. But uh, look, you, you never know what comes out of the West, and uh, they, they obviously had their own. They've had their own form. Obviously, they they, they won their state cup in uh, very, very uh, interesting circumstances over the weekend. So, um, so yeah, look, uh, they're, they're a team in form as well. So this, this should be a very good game, but I expect City um, to sort of have the edge, especially over here. Well, actually, before we uh, move on from that, on that uh, controversial win, as you uh, claimed it, Adam, uh, have either of you seen the other angle of that uh, very, very late penalty that was uh, released by Football WA today? Yes. You're, you're nodding, Adam, and yes. Scott, did you see it? No, I thought Cole felt was tri was um, pushed over and it was a free kick. Oh, not that one, sorry. No, I haven't seen the. I haven't seen what you're referring to, but I did see the initial action of um, the goalkeeper kicking it and all the rest of it. So I know what you're talking about, but I haven't yeah. exactly seen it. But mm. mentioned they're playing against a um, West Australian side. There is one example of what we might come to expect from it in terms of a Queensland side going up against a, a West Australian side. So think back to 2017, Gold Coast City played Western Knights and came away with a 3-1 win in that game. If you remember, it was a pretty comfortable win for the Gold Coast side. So fingers crossed that they, that it's another one of them this week for Brisbane City. Look, I'm, I'm all for a 90-minute result in matches like this. It may be because I've got a four-and-a-half-month-old upstairs, so that could also influence my desire to want to be out of there half an hour earlier. But uh, the other point on uh, City's qualification run as well, and you know, I, I think they may have possibly have had the goal of the qualification campaign when uh, Daniel Bowles hit a spectacular free kick in round six against the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. And I'll be completely honest, I didn't realise it was Daniel Bowles until about five seconds after the ball was in the back of the net. What did you commentate in that game? Yes! But I was doing. This is my defence of saying this is joys of remote commentary where I was like, that's not that can't be Daniel Bowles. Yes, Scott. To professionalism, James. <laughs> <laughs> but one last thing on Brisbane City before we do move on. In their 75th year, it's a massive achievement for them to be back on the national stage. You know they've had a great rich history on the national stage. But it's good to see them back there, and also they're one club with real national second division ambitions, and I imagine they'll be wanting a really good crowd out there at Parc de Paris. Not their spiritual home, but not too far from it. I imagine they'll want to really be crowd out there to support them and to boost their case as well. Well, that is the other point as well, where I think City would love to have this match uh, just up the road. Well, maybe not just up the road, but nearby Corporate Travel Management Stadium. However, uh, based on the damage that they suffered in February's floods, I'm guessing the lighting uh, situation there is still uh, not up to scratch, which is why it's had to be moved to the alleged home of football in uh, southeast Queensland, which is Perry Park in Bowen Hills. And I'll be completely honest, I'm really not too upset about it being there because I can just walk there from my office. And also as well, for Brisbane City, an important time for them. 30, it's over 30 years since uh, they've played in a national level uh, game. So obviously, like I said, there's a lot of history with um, with Brisbane City. And I think that you know, the new era begins for them. And I think they, they have certainly got eyes 
to um, to march on after t- after um, Wednesday night. Yeah, and so they should. I th- think uh, they were bidding for a league admission five years ago, and they were talking about you know having uh, Ballymore as their home ground, a redeveloped Ballymore where they could just run pizzas uh, across the creek from uh, Spencer Park. I wonder if that's still going to be part of their admission plan. But uh, yes, that discussion on the national second division can probably wait till a later show but i'm we will do a show on the national second division when it's announced how about that we've yeah, yeah well and we've done about 50 shows on the national second division <laughs> yeah. speculation over the last six plus years um i'm going to guess that all three of us are expecting uh brisbane city to get home in this one yeah and i say this is a non-biased queenslander as long as they get the first goal, yes. If Coburn City score first, it could make things interesting, but I expect City to win and win pretty well. I Just to just expand on that, I, I think, yes, I think that uh, I, I think that City will probably allow Coburn to sort of, you know, they'll, they'll absorb some pressure for a while but they, and then sort of hit them on the counter. And then if, if City, as Scott said, if City get the first goal, I can see them sort of really going on with it. Um, that, that seems to be the style of play since that, that ill-fated 7-0 defeat against Lions in the league, uh, where so which sort of changed things around, where their, their style of play seems to be absorb pressure early, then counter, and then just roll over top of their their um their opponents. Yeah, uh, I, I expect City to win, but there are two things that uh, make me a little bit nervous about their chances heading into this one. The first part is that I kind of feel like uh, Coburn could very well be on a high after their fairly dramatic uh, game on the weekend. Secondly, City actually have used the smallest squad in uh, NPL Queensland so far. I worked that one out uh, over the weekend. Tw- just 20 players to date. And it has been a fairly frantic uh, stop-start campaign with all the weather interruptions we've had here. So maybe that could be something that could play a bit of a uh, role there as well. And they are in the relegation battle. So that's technically three things. And even so, I still think they're going to get the job done. Another side that will be involved in the NPL Queensland relegation battle and also balancing out their uh, Australia Cup hopes will be Logan Lightning, who are making their first appearance on the national stage. And I had a chance to catch up with James Coots, the player coach for Logan on Monday night. This is what he had to say. And we're pleased to be joined now by the Logan Lightning player coach, James Coots. James, welcome to the Brisbane Football Review. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting times down at Cornubia Park. You went through the ringer with the qualification both on and off the pitch. Yeah, it was um, a hectic period for us. It was um, my actual my first game after Rick uh, Rick left was at Pine Hills in the Cup, and then um, yeah, that was a bit of a, an interesting evening down there. And then we've had a, a couple of good wins since then to to take us into round of thirty two. So great achievement for the club, obviously first time ever get into this stage so um yeah a lot of excitement around the place and one we're looking forward to without a doubt and how have you found it since taking over for rick who was with uh, pen power um yeah it's been an interesting one me and rick obviously came to to the club together very close friends and and remain so and he's obviously taken a great opportunity up there at power but we've um yeah carried on the boys have been great to be honest they've um i think that they've bought into a, a couple of new things but there's not lots that's changed um since rick's gone um and it's just i guess a case of getting our head down working as hard as possible and and seeing what we can do between now and the end of the season we've we've had like a lot of clubs 
um, injuries and people away and, and lost a couple of players. But um, that's part and parcel of it. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep battling till the till the last game. And you have brought in some experience this season as well. One player we spoke to on the NPL season preview was the goalkeeper, Carlos Saliadare. How big has he been for you guys this season? Yeah, Carlos has been a big figure, um, not just on the pitch, but off it as well. His experience um, playing NPL and playing a good standard of football now for a number of years has been invaluable to us. So on the pitch, he, he's obviously had some games where he's been a standout for, for us. Um, but Offit, he's been a, a massive leader within the group, which we needed. We lost a couple last year who were key leadership players for us. So um, we certainly looked at that in, uh, in um, the end of last season and making sure we brought in good characters. And, and Carlos certainly fits that. And at the other end of the pitch, Dante Mariner has been a bit of a revelation up front as well for you guys. Yeah, look, D came in with um, a big reputation, I think, uh, coming through juniors and... He's certainly got ability, Dante, and it's one that when he when it all kind of clicks together, he's going to be some player. He's um, yeah, he's had probably an up and down year, I'd say, by Dante's um standards. And unfortunately, he he got injured yesterday against Morton Bay, so I don't think we're going to be seeing much more of him this season. The early signs are not that great, so that'll be um yeah disappointing for us and for him. But no, he's played his part so far. Well, the loss of uh, Mariner will be a bit tough, but I'm guessing you've got faith in the uh, guys who will be taken to the pitch to fill that hole? Yeah, for sure. Look, we've been together a while now, this group, and um, yeah, we know that we haven't, in our opinion, probably played to our capabilities, and there's certain lads um, that that we know that back end of the season is going to be really important to go and show what we can do. We've brought players in, we've kept faith with certain boys, and and we have no doubt that the back end of the year, if they keep performing how they have done in the last three, four weeks, then we can um, yeah, hopefully go on and keep getting some more positive results. And one last player I wanted to ask about as well, Jed Brown. He's been you know, part of the furniture at Logan for the last few years, scored the equalising goal in the 2020 FQPL Grand Final. How big is it for uh, him getting a chance uh, through the Cup National stages? Yeah, look, Jeddy is... Uh... Yeah, Mr. Logan, he loves it there. He's he's a great lad again around the dressing room and, and he's been obviously there a long time. So uh, Jed's a great lad and I'm glad that he's he's been really or he's been performing really well of late. So if he carries on that and, and hopefully on a bigger stage, I'm sure that he um yeah, will show those performances again and show his quality because he's a lad who he seems to be around for ages, Jeddy. Um he's still a young boy, but he's got the body of a 35-year-old at times. Um, but he's, uh, <laughs> no, he's a good lad. And if he shows his quality, I'm sure that he'll um, go out there and have a great game. And looking at the opponent, Adelaide City, uh, how much scouting have you been able to do on them? Yeah, look, I'm, uh, I've got a couple of people down in Adelaide that I know. I've been able to watch a couple of their games um, back and, and have a look at them. Like I'm sure they will they will with us. Um, and it's just another game. I know it's kind of very cliche, but we do that with all our opponents. We have a look at them. We have a look at where we feel they're strong and how they can hurt us and, and vice versa. And Adelaide will be no different to, to any other team we play. Um, obviously, we don't know them in terms of playing against them and, and how we, we do teams locally in Queensland. Um, however, we've done our homework and the boys will make sure they're well prepared for Wednesday night and hopefully we go there, give a good account of ourselves and um, yeah, see what we can do. Well, James, thank you very much uh, for your time. I really do appreciate it. Best of luck on uh, Wednesday or tonight as people are probably listening to it here and uh, really, really looking forward to seeing how Logan go in the Cup. 
No problem. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. And thanks to James Coots, the player coach from Logan Lightning, who's only really been in the job, as he mentioned, for a few weeks after the departure of Rick Coughlin, who is actually a, still in the Australia Cup round of 32 uh, with Peninsula Power. But I think it's an admirable job that Coots has done just to get this side to where they are as well, because he was in charge for um, that game against Olympic, where I think most people, Scott, were expecting them to kind of be a little bit of cannon fodder. So we'll talk about Rick Coughlin's new side in a minute, but you're right, that was a great result for James Coots and Logan Lightning at home against Olympic in round six, wasn't it? And it really did open up the draw, because I think a lot of people thought Olympic would win that game and get through quite comfortably in their little section of the draw when it came out for round six and seven, but tremendous performance at home from Logan, and then they went on and beat Sunshine Coast Fire just as handily in round seven to qualify for the first time, and it exercised a few demons for Logan, because they had been close a couple of times in in qualifying, falling just short, so they finally were able to get over the hurdle, and despite the fact they are in the relegation zone at the moment, that's a whole separate issue, not going to get into that on this show tonight, but the fact that they are down there, they're in some really good form at the moment, Logan, and won the last couple of games, so they do do bring some good form into this cup though against Adelaide, so I'll give them half a chance when they're going down there. Other than... um... Sort of a straight, straightforward defeat to Logan, uh, to I should say Lions a couple of weeks ago. Uh, where, but at the moment the format uh, Lions are as the league leaders in NPL Queensland. It's not really uh, so here or there. But they, they, the um, win against uh, Morton Bay on Saturday night was a, was a very good win. They, they were down. They were down and they 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 put on basically three goals, you know, either side of half time to really sort of you know put that game out of out of reach and and then defended well. So they they are going in good form and obviously winning form will give them momentum. Obviously they've got a very very tough opponent in in Adelaide City who who are top of uh, the MPL South Australia. But uh, look again, it's a case of you know confidence and being the underdog. You just—it's—it's a very, very you know interesting combination when you go into a cup tie. It is, and I think that's like they've got plenty of belief in their side, and it's—it's it's hard not to take note of the experience they've got in the goalkeeper Carlos Saliadare as well. Losing Dante Mariner, as Coots mentioned in that interview, is going to be a bit tough for them to overcome. But there's no there's no reason why they can't feel a little bit confident heading down to South Australia, even though Adelaide City are in the midst of a pretty strong season leading NPL uh, South Australia's uh, Adam. Yeah, and look, but I think um, as, as tough a loss is uh, for losing uh, Dante Mariner, they do get Eddie Bidwell back, who's sort of been sort of missing for a while. Him and him and Jacob Fullock especially, you know, have, have really sort of, you know, sort of led the line uh, tremendously for, for Logan. Like Fullock scored a, you know, a decent goal. Uh, basically dribbled through half the uh, Morton Bay defence on on uh, Saturday. So, so look uh, again. It's a case of they they'll probably go in as as underdogs. As I said, but uh, yeah, look. I think Adelaide uh, City should you know be uh, be wary to uh, treat them lightly. Scott, firstly, Adam, let it go. Yeah, I know. Secondly, <laughs> um, Carlos would have played in goal for Mount Druitt and some of those um, sides, and yeah, they made the did. cup, wouldn't he? So he would have a bit of cup experience. That'll come in really handy for him because there's not a lot of cup experience for Logan in their side, and there's also not too many times Queensland sides have played South Australian sides in the in the Australia Cup. The only one I can think of was when Alliance went down there to play Croydon Kings in 2015, and player manager Warren Moon was involved in that game. James, Who's that so it's guy? been a while since um <laughs> since uh, that game, but 
that's the only example I can come away with as an example of the two states playing. We're interesting to get a gauge of the two leagues, but I do expect, as Adam mentioned, top of the table, Adelaide City will start warm favourites. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a fair assumption to make because of where they are on their respective ladders, but that could also play into Logan's hands as well because I don't want to say that this would be a bonus for them um, considering they're probably going to have to really focus on uh, maintaining their top flight status, but they kind of can stick to... They can go down there knowing what they are as a team and just give it their best shot because if they get through to the round of 16, that is a remarkable achievement that not many other sides can say that they've uh, done from this area. I also think as well, um, I'd be I'd be a bit more confident in their chances uh, if, if it was in Brisbane or wherever they, they would they would play. I think the fact that they're on the road to Adelaide City is why I think that they'll start, you know, very, very heavy underdogs. Uh, but as I keep on saying, you know, the, the round of 32 has always produced, you know, some interesting results, you know, and not just, just you know... Member Federation clubs knocking off A-League clubs. I think just in general, teams that are expected to win sometimes in a midweek showdown don't don't always show up. So I think Logan certainly can go in there and just and give it all for, for 90 or 120 minutes and see what happens. This is a game, Scott, that I'm actually expecting extra time in. I think Logan are, yeah. if nothing else, resilient. And I think they will definitely set out to uh, make life tough on... Adelaide City, and if they can take a couple of early chances, then they're a really good shot at an upset, I feel like. It's interesting you mention that, because it's kind of got a bit of Bentley Greens or Beanley Greens, as I like to call them, <laughs> magic about it, doesn't it, in terms of... like oh, There was a clear favourite in that fixture last week with, with Bentley. I know, as James applauds, in fact, I call them Beanley with all the Queensland players in their side, but there were a lot of a lot of similarities between the two games where B- Bentley were expected to win the game and win it quite well, but the longer it went on, Broadmeadow looked better and better, and they were, in the end they were quite unlucky not to take the game all the way to penalties. So Matt, it's got a bit of similarity like that about it. But again, like I said with the um, Brisbane City Coburn game, I think the first goal will be really crucial. If Logan can get that first goal and has something to protect, they might be able to make a real game ever. But if Adelaide City score first and score early, it could be a bit of a long, long night. It could be, yeah. Um, now we are going to skip over the other game involving a Queensland club uh, on Wednesday, the twenty seventh. We're going to go now to Saturday up at BB Prince Stadium in uh, Mackay where Dwight York will take charge of his first uh, senior match in charge of MacArthur FC when they take on Magpies... Oh, sorry, I've got to go, go by the full name. Mackay and with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC. Or as we're going to call them for the rest of this show, Magpies Crusaders. Either way... I'm looking forward to this game as well. You might be the only person who calls them their official name because it's way too long for anybody else to, to go through. I don't think they yeah. call themselves that anymore. I've still got Vince Rigari's voice in the back of my head from when he filled in for Adam a few <laughs> years ago and he just spent the entire episode insisting that I call them by their full name. <laughs> Either way, Scott, you uh, caught up with Jamie Dunning, didn't you? I did. Let's hear from that now. Okay, we're joined now on the Australia Cup preview by the head coach of the Mad Prize, Jamie Dunning. Jamie, thanks for talking to us. That's all right. My pleasure. Um, it's an incredibly exciting time for the club. Is it, is it really starting to build up now in the week leading up to the game? Yeah, absolutely. It's, we, we've tried to keep it on the down low, you know, which has been hard because we've had to concentrate on the on the league. Um, but yeah, from sort of after the game, that was the, that was the talk, and, and obviously yesterday trying to plan and, and speaking to some of the boys today. Looking forward to the week's training and, and getting going. 
Um, the, you beat Edgehill United in round seven of qualifying to get to the round of 32 for the second time. Was there a bit of extra edge on that game given the side felt the same hurdle last year against the same opposition? Yes, a little bit. A little bit. It was, uh, we, we, we wanted, to, wanted to win. Obviously, knowing the draw helped as well, knowing that we'd be playing uh, MacArthur in the next round if we won. So that, that gave it a little bit, a bit, a bit of extra. Um, and we went up there and, and, and got the job done. No 2 nil at half-time and, uh, and end up winning 5-0. Five, five um, and it was, a, it was a hard performance, pretty pretty scrappy game. And it, they, they got a real tight pitch and the crowd uh, the crowd were on you. And it was a great cup atmosphere. And we, we managed to come away and, and get into the next round. Absolutely. As I said, it's the second time Magpies have been to the round of 32. The side beat Coomera 2-1 in the in this round a couple of years ago. Is that something you'll look to try and build on and replicate? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, we, we go into on, on Saturday with, with no fears. We'd love to go another round uh, further. Um, but obviously, we know that the task ahead is going to be very, very difficult. Um, but that's the great thing about about cup games and, and the league all over the world, especially where I'm from. You know, the FA Cup, we, we've had some great cup shocks. So um, Saturday, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can produce our own one. Absolutely, hopefully you can do that. In terms of the players that you have available to you, Michael Lyle, a very experienced player, he scored that night for Coomer. Were you looking to look to his experience and a couple of the other players in the squad who played that night to try and to really explain the importance and significance to the other players? Yeah, absolutely. Mike's a, Mike's a big leader in the, of the group uh, and in the squad uh, and his experience as well, where, he, where he's come from and, and the games that he's played in um, will, will really help. And I've also got like, Delors has played in a, an MPL grand final at the back there. So their experiences for us is, is excellent and they can just sort of Speak to the speak to the youngsters, tell them what it's all about, and and, and leading up to the weeks, obviously the weeks game. Um, hopefully, give them their experience and, and calm them down a little bit with the nerves. So, so you did mention you'll be playing against Macarthur in the round of thirty-two. They have a new coach in Dwight York. You looking forward to going testing yourself up against one of the legends of world football of years gone by? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, so I haven't really thought about it. Uh, until until sort of yesterday when I, I went on for I went for my lot, Sunday walk and then I started thinking wow I'm going to be coaching against Dwight York which was pretty uh, pretty surreal really um, like, like you say absolute legend of the game and uh, it'd be good to pick his brains hopefully after or before the game uh, but looking forward to putting ourselves up against it and that's why why I do the coaching that's why the boys play to play and try and play in games like this and have this experience. Absolutely, they're very early in their pre-season. Have you been able to gain any sort of insight into their preparations and the way they might go about it, or is it going to be completely unknown to you? Yeah, a little bit completely unknown. Um, I've got a, a few contacts out there. I know they played Central Coast uh, not that long ago, possibly at the weekend. Um, Central Coast won out 4-0, but you can't really take much from that. But I am trying to get some footage of that game, if I possibly can. Um, I've asked a few few friends that know people so hopefully hopefully I can find out a little bit more but obviously with a new coach coming in I can't, I can't even watch sort of games from last year because he's, he's pretty young a young coach obviously uh, experienced footballer but as, as, a, as a coach it's hard to know what his philosophy is or what his playing style is or what, what he's going to do so yeah it's a little bit unknown for us really Absolutely. hopefully you're able to find that footage and get a bit of a heads up on what they're able to do but how are you finding things up in Mackay having joined the side mid-season? Fantastic, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Uh, the club, oh, honestly, when I joined, they, the boys were pretty low after, um, obviously, stuff that happened with the old coach, and uh, he didn't leave them in a very good place, and the, and the club was pretty low, and we were sort of joint bottom when I joined, sort of 
on three points. I think we just had a little bit better goal difference. And yeah, we just tried to install a little bit of culture and, and, and a little bit of a style. They had no playing style, they had no tactics. I think that was just going out week in, week out to play. So for me, it's been a, a fantastic project to show what kind of coach I am. You know, I've been very lucky. I've worked with some, some good professionals in New Zealand and, and been around Team Wellington that went to a Club World Cup and Oceania Championship. So, yeah, I, I sort of I felt that this was my time to go in and, and do something with a group that, that was pretty low and, and it's working out so far. As you mentioned, you've gone in there with a goal for the Chiefs. I think you've certainly done that. You've moved Magpies back up into the top four and looking like finals are a very real possibility now. Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the key. That's the aim. Um, and it, it, to be first of all, it always has been. From when I come, I looked at the group and, and saw what kind of group they've got, like likes of Michael Lyle and Delors Tashimi, Dan Simic, and players like that. Liam Shipton are, are, are experienced players, good players. So they they had a core here. They just uh, they didn't have much structure or, or playing style. So we've installed that, and and like, I think we've we've only lost once in probably six games, six seven games, and obviously that was the, the, the result in Mitchelton. So but, but fair, fair, to, uh, fair to Mitchelton. They beat over Dow and, and, and that so they, they're, they're on a bit of a run so you sort of you sort of take that one but hopefully you know, we get this game out of the way then it'll obviously be back to concentrating on the league in Redlands on the 6th of August Absolutely you brought in a couple of players in the recent transfer when it goes like Jaden Ballarisa and Morgan Saunders to name a couple how are they starting to bet in and what what have they added to the group? Uh, just um, with Jaden and obviously uh, Jeremy Green as well who come from surface so he, he's come in and been absolutely fantastic so so is Jaden like experienced players played for Eastern Suburbs as captain so you, you're adding experience to the group Morgan obviously he's, a, he's just a, a natural goal scorer and he's brought uh, and he's taken the pressure off Michael which is which obviously Mike's felt the pressure a little bit I think early season being the main striker and that but Morgan's come in and he's doing a lot of the of the ugly work and the running and, and, and we're sort of saving Mike and Mike's been we freed him up a little bit give him a bit of a free roll and it's, it's paid dividends for us absolutely just finally just can you very quickly summarise what it would mean to the club if you were able to knock off MacArthur on Saturday night? Oh, I don't know if I could put it into words, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it would just be, it would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable for the region, it would be unbelievable for the staff and, and, and the people that have worked very hard behind the scenes, like the chairman, Barry, who's put a lot of his own money into the club. You know, So it, it would mean the absolute world to, to go and beat him. Look, we know how hard it's going to be and, and, and that, but you never know with the cup, do you? So hopefully we're going to give it a good go and we'll see what happens. As well, best of luck in the Cup on Saturday and in the league, and we'll talk to you down the road. Jamie, thanks very much. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you. And a big thanks to the Magpies Crusaders coach, Jamie Dunning there. And well, It's going to be a big night in Mackay, isn't it, one way or another? That's exactly what they're expecting down there up there, James, on Saturday. A really big night. Looking forward to getting the uh, local football community and local sporting community behind them up there. They were pretty disappointed not to be in the Cup last year, but they're very much looking forward to being back on the national stage, as you heard there. And... It'll be an interesting game. I think it's very interesting with MacArthur because we don't know what to expect of them with Dwight York in charge. A lot of new players. They're a complete wild card for the A-League coming up this season. But for this game against Magpies Crusaders, I've got no idea what to expect from them. And it could be actually could work in Magpies Crusaders' advantage, actually, with such a new team up against a, a team who's more established. It could, could open up some opportunities for them. This is the recipe for a cup set a, li- a little bit, isn't it, Adam, where you've got an A-League side that probably is a way off being uh, anywhere near full fitness and a side that is in season and probably rolling a little bit as well. Apparently they've pl- um, MacArthur FC have played one game 
And that was one game their preseason. That was a four 0 loss to uh, Central Coast Mariners on Friday night. I'm gonna say so. So so yeah. And then like I said, they they're a completely new side. Obviously, new signing Daniel Arzani. I don't know if he will make the trip to Mackay. Uh, uh, I'm sure he's we, asking if he can. Yeah, he'll make the trip to Whit Sundays. Whether he plays in Mackay <laughs> is a different question. But uh, look, to, to sort of sum up um, Magpie Crusaders' chances, this is a game where you know they've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. I think it's going to be a big night, a big occasion. At the end of the day, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I think they're, they're, as far as if the score goes, if they get beat five nil. What does it matter? It, it's a big night. It's, they're drawing an a, they've drawn an A League club. They've, they've already won. But I also think that they can prop, they can maybe you know put a real scare through the um, the ranks of the A League club because um, they they at least have been in some solid form lately. Five of their last six have won in yes in FQPL one. But at the end of the day, you can only beat what's what's in front of you. Include and they've actually taken down three two three of the top four teams in that in that run. So so um, look, it's one of those games where. Again, this is, I think, the theme of the Cup, you know, especially when you've got you know a big underdog. They've got nothing to lose and everything to gain from this. Absolutely. And the interesting thing for, for MacArthur will be, um, will they go up there early or stay later and make a bit of a week out of it as a warm-weather training camp? I know a lot of teams have been looking at that when Magpies Crusaders qualified, of saying, please let us get that trip to the Whit Sundays. And if they go up there with the whole mentality of, oh, we're getting a week in the Whit Sundays, they could come unstuck with the game. If they go up there with a professional mindset, we've got to win the game. That's where I think they have. That's what they have to take with them. But for Magpies, I've just got to channel what they did against Cooma in 2019, don't they? Where they got the home tie, they did really well. Michael Lyle was part of that side. He's back there now. We know what a really good goal scorer he is. I think they've got they've got the weapons where they could cause problems for Macarthur. It's just have they got enough to to get a result. Two things on that, Scott. You mentioned uh, the 2019 FFA Cup where yep. I think the two dream draws wound up um, playing each other with <laughs> Kumara on the uh, northern end of the Gold Coast being drawn against Magpies Crusaders and Kumara got the trip up to uh, the southern tip of the Wit Sundays. And I feel like uh, if MacArthur aren't doing what I'm about to suggest and they've really missed a trick here, I would be saying, let's go up, we'll do a 10-day training camp in Ely Beach, train out of the facilities at Wit Sunday United and just spend plenty of time at the Early Beach Lagoon. With one exception, if you lose the game, you're on the plane back to Sydney the next morning. <laughs> if you lose, your holiday trip is no, over. Pending if, flights if, available. If you lose, you're catching a bus back to Sydney. Yeah. But um, look, also as well, speaking of the um, speaking of, of uh, the form that uh, that Magpies Crusaders are in, Obviously, the uh, form, I think Morgan Saunders up front, I think he, he's going to be absolutely crucial. I know Scott and I had a bit of a... Um, no, he can play, James. He's not cup tied. Yeah, oh, okay. him, him and Jaden Bellarizzo both, uh, apparently they are both clear. They didn't uh, participate for East in the Cup, so they're, they're cleared. Only Jeremy Green is cup tied because he played in that 9-0 Thumping by power when he was at uh, Surface Paradise, but uh, yeah, look, but Morgan Sa- Saunders, he is, um, he he is, you know, like I said, tall tall striker, um, you know, he's actually got got a bit of skill about him, and look, he if anything for him personally, I think that could he could really sort of stand out as you know one of those players, almost like a, a Liam Boland type of player where he he you know put his name up in life. So I don't know if Magpies Crusaders realistically can win this game. But you know what? It might be a chance for some of these players to really take their shot and you know, and, and you know cause an upset. Scott, final thoughts? 
yeah, I tend to agree with Adam. I think it's going to be a tough game for Magpies. Again, the fitness issues for MacArthur, how seriously do they take it, will be interesting. If they come with their full side with the with the right mentality, I think they should prove too strong. But this is why they call it the Magic of the Cup, James. Funny things can happen, and, and this one could be a place where it happens. I'm going to predict that Magpies Crusaders will score first, and then MacArthur will probably uh, run away with it in the final 30 or so minutes as the, with all due respect to Magpies Crusaders, golfing quality between the two sides uh, gets made a little bit uh, more clear. Although, I would not be at all surprised, Adam, like you were saying, if someone like Morgan Saunders uh, earns himself cup cult hero status. Yeah, I think I think that's what, I think that's also as well the subplot for these um, for a lot of players. And it, that's across all, all the leagues. I think you know, the, the, the Australia Cup is also about, you know, as an as, as individual player, you know, putting yourself on, on the map. Now, that's the old Cairns FC Sydney FC script isn't it basically James the one you yep. described where Cairns was strong yep. for 60 65 minutes before getting run over the top of yep and that's actually the other thing that I did want to bring up for Magpies Crusaders as well I think they enjoyed uh, their round 7 qualifier against Edge Hill just a little bit yeah I think they did too because they uh, didn't seem too happy going down to Edge Hill in 2021 so um, yeah I think that's a nice little rivalry that could be uh, brewing up there in the cup qualifiers as well it's and, uh, yeah, that could be something that continues over the next few years. Now, we're going to go forward to Wednesday the 3rd of August and AJ Kelly Park up at Redcliffe, where Peninsula Power will be taking on NWS Spirit. And there's a lot to yeah look forward to for there. Power, now coached by former Lightning boss Rick Coughlin. He's also been with Devonport Strikers as well. And, um, yeah, Power will... You, not much you can say other than they've been one of the dominant sides in Queensland since their admission to the uh, FQPL in 2019? 18? 18. 18. That's it. Yes, that's right. Where they've won the Premiership three straight years, I believe. They're, yeah, they're three out of four. Yep. yep. Okay, good. I was just having a weird mental blank there for a second and I couldn't actually remember what year it was. It, it's been a long well, six months. Did they won the FQPL Premiership, then they finished second or third in the first year in the NPL, and they won back to back the last couple of years. But with Peninsula Power, it's great to see them actually playing a cup tie at their home ground at AJ Kelly Park instead of around the corner at Dolphin Stadium. This is the first time they played against a member federation side, so it fits to play at AJ Kelly Park. But it's great for them to better have the game at their spiritual home. I'm sure they're very much looking forward to that fact. Not that they don't like Dolphins, it's just when you can play on your naturally home field, James, it gives you that bit of an extra advantage I'm sure they're looking forward to that in particular yeah uh, and that's been the uh, best part as well this is Power's third appearance on the national stage they lost to Melbourne City 2-0 in 2017 and the Raw 3-0 last year in what was actually the first round of 32 game uh, from memory Adam yeah it, um, it was yeah the, the um, cup opener last year but um, yeah look I think uh they've, they've, they've drawn uh, A-League clubs in the past they, they've drawn a um and, MPL and New South Wales two side in um, NWS Spirit, who are who I believe have just actually earned promotion to the MPL top flight in New South Wales next year. So, uh, so like I said, that, it's going to be interesting in terms of where does the sort of stand. This is a very very new concept as far as you know where the New South Wales leagues compared to the um, MPL Queensland. Obviously, you've got a top flight heavyweight team from New from from uh, Queensland going up against sort of you know, a bottom end of the uh, of 
of uh, New South Wales. So I think I think we've only had one example before of a New South Wales versus Queensland um, game in the cup, other than obviously the A League side. So, but uh, look, I expect Power to be favourites in this. But look, I would not for a second write off um, Spirit because obviously they're in, they're in form as well. They've had they've had a great year in um, the second division of the MPL New South Wales. And uh, look, they as you can flip the script of what we've been saying for the Queensland teams that are underdogs. I think Spirit can say the same going going to AJ Kelly. Yeah, Brisbane Strikers beat Manly one 0 in their run to the semi-finals a couple of years ago, James. That's the only example I can think of. Uh, from a Queensland, New South Wales, oh, NPR, New South Wales, anyway. But I do tend to agree with Adam. But for me, this is a great, this is the best opportunity Pinch of Power have ever had, and maybe ever will have to get a win on the national stage. It's a they're playing a second division side who are middle of the pack in NPL One, New South Wales. Pinch of Power, yes, they've made a bunch of changes to their side. It's a bit of a new looked power side this year, but they're still playing some really, really good football comfortably in the top four as things end. Probably will, but they almost certainly will play finals once again this year at a minimum so they're still playing some really good stuff and at home this is an absolutely golden chance for for Rick Coughlin and his side up there to progress to around a 16 for the first time yeah and I think it might, might be nice for Power to actually be going into a game thinking that they are you know not only favourites but expected to win and I, I feel like for Power with this draw anything less than advancing to the next uh, stage of the competition they're probably going to be feeling like it's a little bit of a letdown, but they do have some pretty solid youngsters coming through at Penn Power as well. Two names that I've been quite impressed by um, so far this season. Malachi loves Samira. He's played 15 games, scored four goals, uh, only off five starts. And Joseph Hitchcock, uh, his high school, t- uh, loves Samira's high school teammate, um, who's uh, come in and I think stepped in quite well in the role that Ollie Plasnan was probably going to be expected to uh, fill there. And yeah, I'm. I'm quite looking forward to seeing uh, how power go about things because I think they will probably be fancying themselves at least for a quarterfinal run, maybe more if the draw opens up for them. I think talk about Joseph Hitchcock, I think he's coming to the old Sam Roper uh, position uh, that you know, that, that Roper sort of you know, experienced player that before he stepped away mid-season. But yeah, him, yeah, if he and Mal- Malachi Lopsamira have been really sort of, you know, you know, they've been part of the uh, Power sort of Academy program for a while, and they've really sort of stepped forward. And, and they both, they both, are, you know, consider the starting, you know, lineup pretty much every week. So the, the Power, I think, they're, obviously they've got a lot of experience still, but um, but yeah, look, I think uh, it, it the best chance for them certainly to advance in the uh, Cup comes uh, next Wednesday night. And the best thing is they've got Sam Cronin, who's one of their absolute key players, back fully fit finally after a really rough run with injury. He's in some really good form at the moment, so hopefully he can bring that form into the game against NWS Spirit because he's been one. He, when he's fit, he's one of the best players in the league up here in Queensland, and he could be the difference maker between the two sides. Without a doubt, we'll wrap up this Penn Power segment with a little bit of trivia. Three players have played every NPL game for Penn Power this season. We'll go back and forth one at a time. Can you name them starting with Adam? Um, Daniel McHenry. Yes. Scott? Lewis Greenwood. Yep. And Adam, your chance for the third? Oh, jeez. Jeez, that's a good question, actually. Uh, uh, Jesse Rigby. Oh, no, 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 he wouldn't because... No, uh, uh, Scott, your turn. 
It's between two. I'm going to go with the obvious, Zabax. Yes. Ah! It wins. <laughs> no, I forgot. Um, Jess Rigby got, got a red card, and that's why I sort of stopped and said, said oh, no, no. Yeah, Phil that's Zabax right. would be the other one. The other one in my mind was Brenton Fox, by the way, who could also be on the score sheet in this game. Yes. Uh, 14 appearances for Fox by my stats. Anyway, let's move on now, and we will talk about the Brisbane Raw, which has been our main focus on this show since... Uh, Day one, and they're in action down in Victoria tomorrow night. They'll be playing uh, Ivan Franich's Heidelberg United. He's still there, right? Apparently. There we go. There we go. So at least uh, they'll have some familiar faces. Brendan White's down there as well, by the way, as well. Uh, I'm trying to think who else uh, we might know. Uh, We could have quite a few. Uh, Feta Hartich? Yep. Yeah, he's... Up from up this way. Yeah, I think there's a few more um, Queensland or players with Queensland ties in this side as well. So it's almost like it will be a local derby. Anyway, <laughs> with all due respect to the Raw, I'm, they've had a couple of pretty solid preseason hitouts, but I'm really nervous about this game, Adam. I think this is the game that you know, I, that a lot of the media and sort of you know everyone's sort of been talking about. This is the game that potentially. You know, has cup set written all over it. And uh, you can sort of, with, with fair reason too, that, you know, look, Heidelberg have got a great record in the cup. They have a 100% record. They're 3 for 3 in the round of 32, including knocking off Perth Glory in 2017. So. There's, there's every chance that, you know, obviously they're, they're the team that are coming in with a certain amount of form. Their, their form recently has been a bit patchy. They, um, and they got, they've got, they lost 5 0. Uh, in a match a couple of weeks ago, but then they sort of beat Dandenong City 5-1 in the latest outing. So they're, they're mixing up their form, but uh, they they certainly uh, are certainly a team sort of, you know, they obviously have the run from the board fitness-wise, whereas the Raw, obviously two competitive games and a couple of, you know, inter, you know sort of inter-squad games. And uh, look, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where it's at, especially if, if Heidelberg were to strike first. Uh, it may be a, it may be a case of you know, they might be very very difficult to run down. Yep, and th- my first thought when this uh, draw was announced the other week, Scott, is that the Raw have to be on their game for this one. No if ands or buts about it. We've seen some frustrating uh, cup performances in the past, but I think this is the sort of game where and you know probably Warren Moon coming from the um, NPL stage as well with Lions uh, and Peninsula Power before that. He knows what this uh, cup can do, and I feel like after the way last season ended, they need to win this game. And I hope, and I'm assuming, Moon will be explaining that to the players, saying, you know, let's get this season off to the best possible start. Warren Moon's been in the exact opposite change room, going against A League sides twice before in his Lions SC days, and his, bo- his sides in both those games put up really admirable efforts against Perth and Adelaide, respectively, before they fell short in both games. But he, he knows well and truly what the mentality of the Heidelberg players will be, and he'll know exactly what he needs his team to produce on the night to get a result. I think when the draw was first made, James, I think a lot of people circled that game as that's got cups set written all over it. But the fact that Raw have had two really good hitouts against Leeds United and Aston Villa played pretty well in both of those games, it does tell you they're a little bit further advanced, I think, than the average A-League side at this point in their preseason, so they should be pretty well sharp for these games, and it did seem like they did give a lot of minutes to players who are going to play in this Heidelberg game, so I think they're pretty well prepared, or as prepared as they can be. Now they've just got to go down there and execute. And that might be the biggest benefit that the Raw can take from what would otherwise just be pre-season kickabouts, where they can get 
competitive, well, maybe not competitive, but match simulator. Last time older, it was pretty competitive when what's his name stood on his ankle. <laughs> Just breathe, Scott. Breathe. Could you imagine that was the other way around? I know I don't talk about these games, but could you imagine that was the other way around? Tom Alder standing on a Premier League player's ankle. There's stories that would have been written for days after. But because it's an A-League player, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. A we double know. standard annoys me. We know. Just, just think Harlem Globetrotters and Washington Generals. Okay, we'll give Scott a couple of seconds to breathe while we go over to Adam and just say, yeah, I think the benefits of those two games is the fact that Moon probably could look at his lineup, work out of the fit and available players who's going to be uh, his best options for these sorts of games. And yeah, I, th- I think that's probably the best way to go about it. And, you know, Villa and Leeds, they weren't going anywhere near full tilt I, aside from that challenge on Aldred I can see Scott trying to jump through his uh, computer camera right now but um, yes I, I do think like that's probably the uh, main area we can look at it and say okay maybe it might have been worth it overall I think it's that's the comforting part about this is that those those two games against uh, Leeds and Aston Villa they were they were more than just friendlies especially for the Raw and look you're right the, the, neither team neither Premier League team were at full tilt 100% but they were close enough too you got to remember the, the Premier League season starts in two weeks so they they certainly were would have been at a level more than say say you know had this had this these uh, friendlies happen back in sort of May or June so I think definitely uh, Raw I think will be up for this so I think that they obviously as long as they don't sort of you know Sort of taking preconceived notions that oh they they should win and that they're wary for the ambush and the potential cup set. I think it puts them in good stead. And, they, they, and as we said, performance wise, they weren't bad in either either game. Yeah, that's Scott. Okay, you good? Yeah, I've moved on from the Lucas Digna horrendous challenge. You should have got five red cards from. But in terms of the way they line up in this game, James of the Raw, it's interesting to see because um, Connor Chapman partnered Tom Aldred at the back in these games. And it was a pretty good partnership wasn't it in those two games and um, Kai Truen got a bit of bit of time in the middle of midfield as a six so I'd be intrigued to see if Scott Neville comes back in and if that means Chapman moves to midfield or something but I do think that centre-back pairing of Aldred and Chapman was quite promising albeit again basically kickabout games. Adam? Yeah, look, I agree. Like, it's it's a case of you know again defense defensively we know the raw are uh, have been so strong. Where where the issue for them lies, and this is and this is the, on the other hand, you now the worry I have is that if Heidelberg get one or two go you know, goals some somehow some way is that where are the goals that come from? We know that's the Achilles heel for the Raw, and their their best weapon that they get brought in for that has only played 15 minutes of football this season so far. So it's a case of you can't rely on Charlie Austin to you know, dig him out of a hole just yet based on what he's done. So they have the Raw have to be very, very careful not to allow a cheap goal or a cheap you know, set piece or something like that where Heidelberg can control the game on the scoreboard. Because, yeah, I, I just worry that they, they may not have the artillery to be able to run them down. Well, I wouldn't think so anyway. I think it's a fresh artillery that would be the big concern for me but then again if you maybe if uh, Austin isn't up for 90 minutes you keep him and Riku Danzaki for 60th minute subs and you know if you do need to chase the game down you consider you know you've got your strike power ready to come in and then um, you know or if the game's hanging in the balance that's the way uh, you close it out that's exactly what I think they'll do James I think it'll be O'Shea and Akbari in the midfield ahead of whichever the number 6 is and then 
a front three of Milo Ilsnich, Ivanovic and Henry Hall. I imagine that'll be the front three to start the game and then you've got Riku and and Charlie Austin there if you need them to chase the game at the end or to build minutes into them if the starting lineup gets the job done. Yes. I think that's starting 11, by the way, those front three, I think they're more than capable if they turn up with the right attitude of getting the job and done. And don't forget, there's also Cyrus Deming, who's a, 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 in cup football, who's got a um, very, very prolific scoring record. That he does. All right. Well, I think that's going to be about it for our season premiere. We've got some minutes in the uh, vocal cord, which is always a good start. Thank you very much, Adam. Yes, uh, thanks, James. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, I need a sub. That's it. My <laughs> contribution is done. All right. Well, that's going to be it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Get out and enjoy the uh, Cup games if you can. Um, yeah, nothing beats live football, especially midweek Cup action. And if you are looking for something to do on the weekends, don't forget to get out to your local uh, club grounds as well, be it NPL, FQPL, or Metro, whatever. And we'll be back on the Brisbane Football Review after the round of 32 to wrap up all the action. In the meantime, enjoy the games.